0: It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in
2: the middle with you. Hi, everybody. This is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro. Hello. Sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Dick, before
3: we get started, can I just uh, say something? Um, I have a good friend, Jack O'Malley, Yonkers MC Motorcycle Club. Jack had a, a horrible accident last week, and I believe in the the power of numbers, whether it's prayer, the energy, the universe, crystals. For as many people out there, could just think of Jack O'Malley, and just put out positive energy. And I want to thank his sisters, Eileen and Maeve, we're really looking out for him right now. Jack was this tough Irishman from Yonkers, tough as nails, unbelievable. And uh, But, you know, he's the type of guy that a, a woman's walking across the street, he pulls his motorcycle over, gets her out of the bike, gets her off the bike, and helps her across the street. You know, he's one of those guys. He's just fantastic. And uh, I call him Spike. When we were kids, he cut his hair. I, I know him forever, all his life. He cut his hair and he spiked it, so forever I call him Spike. No one else in the world calls him Spike. So anyway, a few people out there, can you just say a little something for Jack O'Malley? And uh, I really appreciate that, the positive. God will know him
2: by his nickname, Skype. (laughs) All right, so that's Jack O'Malley, and I want to thank Um, his
3: sisters also.
2: Thank you, Doug. I'm with the show. Um, Donald Trump has, well, nobody's looking. While everybody's looking at the speaker fight or the Israeli-Palestinian war, he has broken up to a huge, huge lead in the swing states. Uh, All of those states that were really tough and were really close for him and that Biden may have stolen are now reporting for Trump big time in the polling.
1: This land is your land and this land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest, to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me.
2: So listen to these stats, folks. Georgia, Trump is ahead by five. Arizona, he's ahead by four. Wisconsin, he's ahead by two. Pennsylvania, there was one poll out a few weeks ago that had him ahead by nine, this poll has him ahead by one, and North Carolina ahead by four. Michigan, he's tied, and Nevada, he's behind by three. And this was a very unique poll. It was 5,000 interviews. Almost every other poll you hear about is at most a 1,000, sometimes six or 700. And 5,000 interviews gives you a – and the reason they did that many was so they would have seven or 800 in each of the swing states. So they could draw conclusions about them. And this is, is sort of the mother of all polls. And uh, it shows a dramatic change in the presidential race, which has largely not been noticed because we've all been focusing on the speaker fight and on the Arab-Israeli. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, what a lead by Trump. Just totally unbelievable. And it, with the, when you look at the internals of the poll, it's even better. He's getting 25% of the black vote on in 2020. He got 12%. He's getting 30%. He's getting 38% of the Latino vote in 2020. He had 27%. Uh, that's amazing. And among the Gen Z voters, uh, he's about 20, he's about 30 points higher than he was. I'm sorry, even more than that. Among the Gen Z voters in Georgia, Biden dropped from 56 to 39. In Michigan, Biden dropped from 61 to 46. Pennsylvania, Biden dropped from 59 to 44. This is across the board. It is amazing the change that's taken place. Now, you're welcome to speculate as to why. I think it's that with the world crisis heating up and we see this doddering senile fool coming across and telling us he's our president and he'll protect us we're all suddenly realizing how badly we need a president who can walk, talk, and actually speak in English. And how strength. And has any kind of strength, any kind of ability to survive. And uh, it becomes so important. And all this is happening while Trump is on trial with all of his assets pending because of a finding of fraud by a biased New York City Democratic judge. you think he'd get a pass, what all he's done for the country, that could give him a pass. And, and for New York City. Yeah, and like Rudy. Yeah, and like like Giuliani. Yeah. Uh So uh, it is just an unbelievable, incredible finding. Uh, and uh, as I said, it's all of the bases. It's blacks, it's Latinos, it's young people. This is just a wholesale abandonment of Biden and a wholesale embrace of Trump.
3: Other than, you know, looking at Trump, I think they're looking at Biden that he and the Democratic Party, that they just lied to them.
2: And finally, people
3: are realizing they've been lying to us forever.
2: Well, I think the that's Democratic true, Party. but I think that but that may be a reach for them to conclude. But I do believe that they conclude that Biden is simply incapable of being president. Mm. I mean, is there anybody around here who would ever be willing to underwrite a life insurance policy for five years for Biden? <laughs> I mean come on. Would you be willing to say I'll I'll bet my premiums that Biden survives functions and is able to be president five years. Or give now. him a 10, ten year <laughs> loan. Yeah. You know, there was a cartoon once in the nineteen fifties, I remember fifty seven, when uh Eisenhower had a heart attack and everybody was writing that Nixon, who was the vice president, wanted to be president. Herblock, who hated Nixon, cartoonist for the Washington Post, did a cartoon of Nixon and Eisenhower in the White House, and Nixon says, "Hey Ike, race you up the stairs." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Dick Morris Show on
1: seventy-seven WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what
0: that means. And this is The Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
2: Back to The Dick Morris Show. You jumped the gun. You know, town's the left of me, jokers to the right, and here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I like being stuck with you. You're a big audience and a good audience, and great comments, great call-ins. We're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. You know, when Biden delivered that speech from the Oval Office and he said that it was imperative that we aid Ukraine and Israel, Ukraine and Israel, those were our two allies and we have to stand by them, he was packaging a cause that gets 95% support from the American people with a cause that gets 55% support at best continuing the aid to Ukraine. And it was a way of basically telling Israel, you're not that important. Of the $100, million, $100 billion of money that he asked for, about $90 billion of it is going to go to Ukraine, and less than $10 billion is going to go to Israel. So by packaging the two of them, he essentially says that I'm not going to approve Israeli aid until you can approve Ukraine aid.
3: See, that's so wrong.
2: And he's basically saying no at the same moment that he's appearing to say yes. Right. Typical political music. It's almost hedging your bets a little,
3: bit. it's not exactly.
1: No, it is. It's
2: by bracketing the two of them. It's worse than that. Rhetorically, it's doing that. But politically, it's telling Israel, we're not going to vote your aid until I get my Ukraine aid. And that means that Congress, and if he lumps them together as a bill, you can vote yes or no on both of them, but you can't split the difference. And they will try in Congress. They probably will ultimately be able to do it. That's so wrong. But he goes on the air and he basically delivers the sleight of hand to the American people. Mm. where He says, oh, I'm strongly for Israel, but But, in parenthesis he adds, but I'm also for Ukraine too. Now, look,
1: when the Russians
2: crossed into Ukraine, you'll recall on this show and all over the place, I was strongly pro-Ukraine. And I said then, and I believe now, that we had to stop that aggression. We had to defeat Russia. And I was reveling in the opportunity to destroy the Red Army. And in fact, that's what happened. Uh, Ukraine rose valiantly and fought like tigers to defend their territory. They turned back this massive Russian offensive. They decimated the Russian armor. They made a mockery of the Russian Air Force by not letting them achieve air superiority over Ukraine. And they showed that the Soviet Army, the Red Army now, was made of people that didn't want to be there with draftees and didn't know why the hell they were there. Not so (laughs) well-read. Yeah, not (laughs) well-read. And they completely exploded the myth of Russian military superiority in ground forces. And for that, we owe them a massive debt of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And we paid for the debt. We subsidized their war. And uh, we equipped them better than the uh, Russian soldiers were. We, our, our logistics were better. And as a result, Ukraine triumphed in an unbelievable way in that first year of war. I've never seen anything like it. No military observer, no general, no expert, no pundit predicted that Ukraine would win. Uh, people would say, well, I think they could hold out for a month or two or six right, weeks. Right. Or maybe they could force a compromise. Well, but, it's not a win yet. Well, well, nobody said that they could win. No, no, but they did win that year. in that year. By not being defeated. No, they won. They drove the Red Army out of 85% of Ukraine. Hmm. Now, they didn't drive them out of the southern 15%, but who gives a damn? Right. Uh, it's the dumbass. The, uh, it's a rich agricultural region with minerals that both sides want, but it's not worth the world war over. Right? It was worth a massive war to make sure that, the, that, that Russian aggression and that naked form doesn't work,
1: mm-hmm. doesn't
2: prevail. But now it's resolved into a territorial dispute over provinces, and it's become a trench warfare between the two sides, bleeding both sides mm-hmm. and bleeding our military stockpile at the same time. And who authorized that? Who wants that kind of a war? We voted and we authorized stopping the Red Army from taking over Ukraine, mm-hmm. but and he, moving on from there. Yeah, to Poland and mm-hmm. the Baltic states. But now Ukraine is out of danger of that. The issue is, do they pick up this extra land? And it was historically part of Ukraine, but it's Russian speaking. It used to be a used to be part of Russia, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's in dispute, and I, I happen to side with the Ukrainians in this, but I'm not willing to bankrupt our Treasury to do it. So right now I would have voted earlier yes for the Ukraine aid. Now I'm not so sure. Now I would be willing to see amendments to it, reductions to it, and and uh, making sure it's replaced, our weapons stockpile is replaced and so on. But then Biden comes in and takes aid to Israel, which is subject to the most heinous, vicious, unbelievable destruction disgusting people horrible slaughter of people uh, and and he's saying i'm not going to aid them until you vote to aid ukraine which is really the subtext of that white house address he just didn't have the courage or the guts to say that so so i i really did not like that did not like that speech and i don't like what he's doing let's go to tony in clifton hi tony hi hey, tony
4: Hi, you guys. I love you. I missed you for a few weeks, but I'm back. So okay. I wanted to tell we you. We were
2: here. We yeah. Were here. Where were you? Where the hell were you?
4: I was sleeping in late, catching <laughs> up on After late.
2: After 12 noon? Oh, my God. Well, we we in consideration of your sleeping late, we extended the show another hour. Because of you, Tony. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I love you guys. So Listen. I have been doing a deep dive on all my Russian history, Ukrainian history, and looking at President Biden and all his senility and his speeches. Mm. And I'm proud. When I heard you guys say that American people are swinging, the states are swinging to President Trump, I think I understand why. I think, you know, while our my countrymen are not in a deep dive of history, they understand that my government. Which really, you know, even back to Carter, there was that Iranian sort of mil- Middle Eastern swing. There's mm-hmm. a swing of my country to change it from a democracy to make everybody oppressed. And America is getting it.
1: Mm-hmm. America
4: yeah. is getting it. Yeah. And they are saying we want Donald Trump yeah, for president. Are. That's
2: exactly true. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, let's go Thank to you, uh, Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Hi Sandra. Sandra.
4: Hey, good afternoon, Doug and Dick. Doug, I, I did say a prayer for your friend. I have a little Jewish box. Thank when you. When you want to pray, you put money in it. So I put money in for Jack O'Malley.
3: Thank you but so much, ha- Sandra.
4: Oh, you're so welcome. But I have a question about the plea deals that um, Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbro made. Yeah. So is this going to be like um, a domino effect with the others, and also one of the stipulations being that they would have to go to court in front of other defendants and speak up when asked to do so. So what do you
5: think? Will that affect Trump?
2: Uh, It'll affect it. Uh, It won't be positive for him in the trial. And I'm not sure that Trump is going to win that trial. I'm not sure he'll be acquitted. Uh, He could be found guilty. But... It's not going to affect his getting, getting elected president. People are well really understand that this is all a biased proceeding in front of a biased judge with a biased jury pool with a bunch of charges that are absurd. They are charging Donald Trump by, because Trump protested election fraud and hollered about it. Right. He's basically right in what he said. He has been indicted for an insurrection against the United States government. Sure trying to overthrow the U.S. government. Yeah, with spitballs. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. And then they merged in the January 6th stuff to try to pretend that Trump was violent about that. And uh, everybody knows that this indictment is a total crock. And if he gets found guilty by a Democratic jury in a Democratic jurisdiction with a Democratic judge who's been opposed to to Trump from the beginning, people are going to discount that. So I think, yeah, he may, this trial may go against him, but he's still going to win. You now, that good the, strategy with the, the, the black males, uh, how they were. Mm-hmm. So, the, but I think that apart from that, within the four walls of this trial, what happened was that the U.S. attorney decided to indict everybody, or the DA in Atlanta. <clears throat> and so she indicted 20 people. And the indictments are against people who, for the most part, don't deserve it. Uh, Sidney Powell, for example, with a lawyer, was indicted. And her job was to look at the voting machines and look at the electoral vote count Mm -hmm. and come to and decide whether it was fair or whether it was rigged. And after a detailed investigation with a lot of people working on it, he concluded that the results were falsified. And uh, and Cheeseborough did even less. Uh, He said... That, if you find that the results here were wrong, and if you find that Georgia should not have gone for Biden but should have gone for Trump, you can put me up as an elector, and I'll vote for Trump mm. if you decide that so for these crimes, they've been indicted, and they've pled, and they haven't that pled. doesn't sound like a crime, yeah, they haven't pled because they've done anything they pled because they bleed these guys of legal bills, they screw up their reputation. They dragged them through the mud, and they cost them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you just say you did it, uh, and and you can be pretty vague about what you did, uh, you can get out from under this. So naturally, they're taking advantage of
1: that.
3: Dick, let me ask you a question. Could there be any repercussions uh, towards the DA and the people that are doing all these things, you know, when they well, find that it was,
2: it was false, false. Well, type of thing? Is it- Technically, you can bring an action for false and malicious prosecution. Right, but we go to the same courts that are ruling in his favor now. Got it. The real retribution is that none of these folks are ever getting a judgeship, and none of these folks are ever getting promoted if by, if Trump wins. But there's no legal. But um, there's nothing legal that you can do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and I th- so that I don't think that these in these uh, plea bargains are going to make much difference. And if they get up in court and they say, yeah, we. We think that we overstated the fraud. Uh, We said there was stealing, and there may not have been as much as we said. I don't think it's going to make a damn bit of difference to them. Um, I think the, the world will just continue to go on and continue to move toward Trump.
0: This is The Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. goldguide.com It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Hi, welcome
2: back to the Dick Morris Show. This is Dick Morris with Doug DiPero. Hello. <clears throat> we're sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. You know that promo that they just ran about the 11th month and how 11 is the, the thing of balance? When I heard that, I remembered that when they stopped World War I and they declared an armistice.
3: The how condi- old were you then?
2: <laughs> minus, uh, minus 40. The um, condition of the armistice was... That the ceasefire would take place at 11 o'clock on the 11th day, on the 11th month, wow. November 11th, at 11 a.m. And uh, that was enshrined in the document. That's why wow. um, Armistice Day was November 11th. Now, that got folded into Memorial Day and right. that moved to May. Wow. But I always thought that was very poetic. Um I want to talk about something else now. The uh Obamacare. You remember how when it was passed Obama said that it's going to cost won't ever cost more than twenty five hundred oh, yeah. dollars a year mm-hmm. and it's gonna plug this huge gap of people that aren't insured and can't get decent medical care. Yeah, sure. And at the time and and basically and now it's part of the architecture of health care reform. And let me just go through that architecture with you. Of the 100% of people in America, about 20% still don't have any health insurance at all. Of the um, of the, the rest of them, about half of them are now covered by Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, so they're completely covered. And about half, uh, well, about a half minus 20%, are covered by private health insurance, largely through their employers. But there's still about twelve percent. But there's now about twelve percent who are covered by Obamacare, the the solution that Obama unveiled.
3: Wait, would you just say twelve percent? Twelve percent. That's it.
2: Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And for that, the whole country went crazy. It right. was completely paralyzed. Remember how it broke down the whole computer system in the beginning? Yeah, right. We couldn't even get it launched. And, and Congress uh, was was deadlocked in midnight sessions, and they passed right. it on Christmas Eve. And just, was
3: that uh, we'll know what it's about after we pass it? Was yeah, that, that was Nancy it. Pelosi. That was, was that it. the yeah. same thing?
2: Yeah, that's what she said.
3: Yeah, we'll find out uh, about okay, it. Okay.
2: Well, it turns out that more that very few people are using it. <laughs> more and more people are dropping it because the Obamacare costs were subsidized at the beginning, so that everybody would sign up and Obama wouldn't be embarrassed. And then, as it's continued, the rates have gone up because the subsidies have worn off. Hmm. And now Obamacare is fifty percent more going to be fifty percent more expensive next year than it was this year. 50%. 50% Whoa. Fifty percent five oh. Whoa. So nobody's gonna use it. You'll have uh, half of the population leaving it. And uh this whole big accomplishment to Barack Obama that everybody now is protected against health care costs is total BS. What did happen and is significant is that Obama lowered the threshold for Medicaid? So he said you now could get Medicaid, which is basically welfare. It's not like Medicare, where we contribute into it through our tax money every 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 week. This is Medicaid, which is entirely free and entirely out of tax revenues. That he said that the threshold for Medicaid used to be have to be below the poverty level. Then they raised it to twice the poverty level. And now he's raised it to four times the poverty level. So you can make $80,000 a year and still be covered by Medicaid, welfare. And uh, that has resulted in the coverage of 20 to 30 million more people under Medicaid. But what that has done is drive up tax, drive up revenues, I mean drive up costs enormously. And because half of the bill for Medicaid is paid by the state's, It's imposed this incredible tax burden on state and local governments and uh, caused big tax increases at the state and local level, all because Obama wanted to insure people who, he said, were too poor to absorb medical care, too poor to to pay the premiums on private health insurance and need to get government care through Medicaid. Now it turns out that Obamacare is more expensive than than uh, private insurance, and the and the costs to state and local government of the expansion of Medicaid have been ruinous. They've basically destroyed state and local finance. Uh, once the inflation wears off and we actually come to grips with the real cost of this stuff, it's going to be apparent that this was a total failure. Skyrocketing. But goodbye Obamacare, you know, R.I.P., uh, It'll stay, but it'll be vestigial. It'll be like the appendix in your body. Uh, It won't do any purpose because nobody will be signed up under it. It would take an idiot to sign up under Obamacare now. And a new enrollment period is coming up in January. And you watch. Nobody's going to sign up. It'll be like they gave a war and nobody came. (laughs) And this is the stellar achievement of the Barack Obama-Joe Biden administration. Incredible. Let's go to... Let's go to. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to skyrocket. That, that's yeah, sky we have a song. That's going to skyrocket. song for that. And I even
3: said it's going to (laughs) skyrocket.
2: I tried to. True love is ailing me. It's not the premiums on Obamacare ailing me. So we need to send in a revised set of lyrics for that song. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Adam and Mineola.
6: Yeah. Good afternoon. Hey. Uh, I'm still waiting on the Republicans to put something forth. That's going to be better than Obamacare. Instead of just criticizing Obamacare, yeah. uh-huh. well, let's well, re- let's
2: well let's start with the fact that eighty seven percent of the country has health insurance not through Obamacare because they find it cheaper, and private health insurance by private companies uh, is cheaper now and better coverage than Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, I'm sorry, than Obamacare. Excuse me. Right. So, if you want something that's better than Obamacare, dial yourself back to your regular health insurance provider uh through Blue cross Blue Shield, or whatever you use um the They have not Obamacare has not improved the situation so yeah the alternative is nothing the alternative is what we have now uh and uh and it's functioning pretty well, and health care inflation has not gone up appreciably. Obamacare costs have gone up, but nothing else has gone up that much. So, yeah, I think that is the solution. I'm glad we have it. Let's go to Sal on Staten Island.
6: Hey, Dick. Hey, Doug. My hey, buddy. Sal. First of all, I speak this with Christ Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. And I want everyone to pray to Christ that he protects the land of his birth and he sacrificed his human shell for yes. our salvation. And bottom line is the world has to realize, but the world is turning to crap in plain English. They re- these stupid kids and these professors, they killed Israelis, Italians, and Americans. Mm-hmm. They turned on their own people, and they're killing Americans. And are you stupid? As Michael, as, uh, Michael Sav used to say, you idiots, you. They're idiots, don't they? Realize. They're killing Americans. I grew up with G.I. Joes and Action Jackson, whether we were white or black or Catholic or Jewish, we were Americans. We were Sea Scouts. We cared about America. Yeah. This next generation, this person and next generation, they don't give a damn. Yeah. And well, that's scary. And the bottom line is, God bless America, Italy, Israel, and all the free countries of the world. And to end on a good note, three weeks from yesterday, all American veterans can get a free complimentary meal or appetizer or dessert at the main chain restaurants throughout the country on veteran's day.
2: Oh really? Wow, that's great. And that was 11:11 like I said uh, when the armistice came in. Uh that that's interesting. Uh, let's go to uh Don in New York City. Hey Don. Hello Don. Oh, no, North Carolina. I'm sorry.
4: pardon me. Yeah.
2: yeah, I moved you up.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in your take on the uh,
7: impact of Cornell West on election. Okay. I saw polls in the state of Virginia where he's drawing as much as seven percent of the poll. Yeah, of the vote.
2: Well, nationally, he's drawing about three or four percent, and it's all coming off of Biden. Uh, and uh, and now, of course, it's eclipsed a little bit by Robert Kennedy, who's drawing nationally about seven percent. But between Cornell West and Robert Kennedy, you're talking about probably a total of seven, five to seven points off of Biden relative to Trump. It'll make a huge difference. Say that again. Oops. You're talking about Biden's vote being depressed by about five to seven points. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which would be huge. It would be enormous. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite as big as Ross Perot, who drew nineteen percent of the vote but it was, but it's very big. Now, um, Ross Perot was a conservative candidate, and half of his vote, he got 19%, came from Bush, and half came from people who otherwise wouldn't vote. <clears throat> and if that takes the place now with a Democrat-leaning third candidate, be it West or be it Kennedy, uh, you're looking at Biden losing uh, some very significant points here. And Trump already has a three-to-four-point-to-five-point lead in the popular vote. And remember, Trump supposedly lost the popular vote in 2020 by three points. So if he's up four now and he was down three, that's plus seven. Wow. And then you take the impact of West and Kennedy, and you can see that this race is increasingly, increasingly looking very, very good. Um, so uh, thank you for the comment. Thank you. Um, let's go to Ruth in New York.
5: Hello. Hi, Ruth. Hello. Hi, Ruth. Yes. Hi. You just brought me back to a much easier time playing the Rascals. I remember seeing them <laughs> several times at a club called Steve Paul's The Scene on 46th uh, 8th Avenue. I
3: don't remember that club.
5: Yeah. 46th Street between 8th and, and 9th mm-hmm. Avenue. It was called The Scene. Steve Paul's.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. okay ahead.
5: And before I say anything, one of my greatest regrets in life will be that Donald Trump didn't buy Miss Universe sooner, because I used to work as the travel companion, or at least my business card said the traveling chaperone for Miss Universe and uh, Miss uh-huh. USA, and I might have gotten to meet him, I- and I would have known now that I would. I would have voted for him anyway. The heck but with
2: Donald Trump, pulling, a whole lot of guys would like to have had your job. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to meet Miss Universe. Miss America and Miss Universe all over the place. Yeah. But go ahead, please.
5: <laughs> After takeoff on the plane, it's like riding on a bus. And I was on a plane five, six days a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, but. Um, all right. Illegal
3: immigrants. What are we talking about?
5: Uh I, the people that I know who are Democrats, think they're having sympathy for illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. I speak from experience. I'm a naturalized citizen. My family and I spent four years in a dis, German displaced uh, persons camp.
1: Oh,
5: wow, and, um, uh We waited for a legal visa, and I was four years old at the time. And I remember crying because I wanted a toy. And one of the children of the Nazis that worked there said to me, you're going to an oven. You don't need toys. Oh,
3: my God. God, Oh,
5: my God. My father had opportunities where we could have come here earlier than waiting four years. But he didn't sell out the way people sell out to these um, uh, 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 drug sellers, to the cartels. They sell their lives to the cartels, and they're not here to make America any better. My father came here, and he started working the day after he got here. He was, came from a poor family, so he apprenticed to a weaver when he was young, and he had a craft, and he went to work immediately. My mother's cousin sponsored him, yeah. knowing that they would God never have to be yes. anything
1: God bless more. God
2: bless and him. God bless your story, and thank God you're That's safe great. in the United yes. States. Thank you, Ruth.
0: This is the Dick Morris Show on 77
1: WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that
0: means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in. I'm stuck in the middle
2: This is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show with Doug Depiro sponsored hello, by the Patriot Go group. Hello Doug Depiro <laughs>
1: um
2: Tom in the Bronx says that Hamas would not have attacked if they were given land. Tell us about it Tom. Mm-hmm.
3: yes uh, hello, Mr. Morris. I'd like to say that the that the Mid East wouldn't be in this problem today if when the state of Israel was created, they didn't find a, a home for the Palestinian people in the beginning. And the only area I could see, if they could buy a major portion of the Sinai Peninsula and make it a
8: non-belligerent state where they don't have an air force... Tom, they, let me just, uh, They live there. Let
2: me, let me just correct your facts on that. When... The UN, when Israel was formed as a result of the U.N. vote on my birthday, November 28,
1: 1947,
2: mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the decision was to take the area now, then occupied by the Palestinians and to divide it in half. To the west of the West Bank, it would go to Jordan. To the east of the West Bank, it would go to Israel, the newly formed State of Israel. And the State of Israel was carved out from that. And the Palestinians, the people that lived in that territory, were given the entire part of what's called the West Bank. You know how Israel, when you look at the original map, had this bite carved out of it, so the waste was only about nine or ten miles. That bite was the portion given to the Palestinians, so they were given their turf they were given a land. Now, a lot of them didn't live on that; they lived in what became Israel, and they had to move, and they did. And many of them didn't settle in homes. They just went to refugee camps where they've remained for uh, like 80 years, 70 years, uh, because they deliberately don't want to put them in permanent homes because they wanted to remain a source of controversy and a reminder of getting rid of Israel. But the idea of giving them their own land that they could settle absolutely happened. Then what happened was in 1967, King Hussein of Georgia decided he didn't want those guys in his country. Jordan. Jordan. I uh, would they say? Georgia. Georgia. No, <laughs> sorry, Jordan. And he threw them out. And they largely went to Lebanon, and some of them went to the Gaza Strip mm-hmm. that at that moment was controlled by Egypt, and uh, so, but not in Israel. Then you had the uh, 1973 war, Israel won, and as a result of that war, the Gaza Strip was given back to Israel, and uh, and they have had it ever since. Occupied largely by the Palestinians, who were forced out of Israel and uh, chose not to live in Jordan, and were thrown out of Jordan by the king, and that's how they all ended up in Gaza. Mm-hmm. But the illusion that if they had land, they would have peace—that is—that is totally and completely. Yeah, they want to wipe
3: Israel off the map. Yeah, period. Their goal yeah. is that mm-hmm.
2: now. Donald Trump has a new theme in this campaign that is resonating very well and and is very important and really taps into a very important issue in our country, car choice. The Biden administration wants to ban all gasoline-powered vehicles by 2030. Yeah, okay. And California's already passed a law to do that. Bigger idiots. And other states are adopting that. And the country is going crazy because they're all going to be forced to buy electric cars. <laughs> and the problem with electric cars is they aren't perfected yet. First of all, they're unsafe. They sometimes explode. And secondly, they, they're limited to about 200 miles of range and it takes you about 12 hours to recharge your car. And it's not saving the environment to build them and the batteries and the whole thing. It's all bulk. Yeah, well, a bunch of the electricity doesn't come from no place. Right. It has to be generated. Right. And 70% of our electric power, 75% is generated by fossil fuels. <laughs> so you're burning coal to produce electricity to put in your nice clean car so that nothing comes out the tailpipe. Yeah, and
3: when the car blows up, there's a, a puff of smoke that
2: lasts for two hours going into the environment. <laughs> So so <laughs> this all boils down to America voting for car choice.
1: She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409,
2: my 409.
1: Love the Beach Boys. Love Well, them. I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. Giddy up, giddy up, Before I knew there would be a time. Giddy up, giddy
2: I saved up, my pennies. My I want to
1: tell you something. See
3: this song? Yeah. I'm in my garage in Yonkers, right down the street from Jack O'Malley, building all my cars and motorcycles and listening to the Beach Boys. Yeah. But I want to say this one, but I'm going to repeat myself. I said this last week. I think I said it the week before. Mark my words. There will not be electric cars in 10 years. They will not be any. There's going to be like a classic to have one. I'm telling
2: you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Let me talk a little bit about the derivation of electric cars. Uh, in my youth, as you know, I used to be a liberal, <laughs> and I uh, I was very focused on getting rid of the gasoline engine mm-hmm. and replacing it not with an electric motor, but with hydrogen power. Back
3: then you were thinking that?
2: Yeah. Wow. And in fact, I was working back then with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So circa, circa. When when we talking? Wow, amazing. On, a, on, a pro, on an effort to do that. And hydrogen made all kinds of sense. First of all, you didn't have to use electricity to produce it right um you you it came naturally or you do electrolysis of water and you get your hydrogen uh but there's plenty of hydrogen around, and it's not hard to get it's water and, and they the, they have to make it safe there's there's a issues with he, things yeah the von hindenburg blew up <laughs> but but you do uh no the Hindenburg... oh you're right von yeah. hindenburg right but the um but the point is that it has no emissions. The right. only thing that comes out of your Mist. motor is no, is water. It yeah. 's a trail of water like you couldn't hold it in till the rest oh. stop
3: <laughs> <laughs> behind,
2: behind your car. Maybe you, <laughs> yeah, behind your car. <laughs> and, my and,
3: car, I th- always say my motorcycle.
2: My my motorcycle doesn't leak. It marks its territory. Okay, good. So um, so it's clean. And it's renewable, obviously, and it obviously comes from a limitless source, seawater or air, and, uh, and, and it was a completely viable fuel. In fact, when the car automobile was first invented and the uh, gasoline engine was invented, Henry Ford had a choice between a gasoline engine and a hydrogen-powered engine. And he chose hydrogen-powered in part in a deal with the oil companies. Uh, so that they would get even more rich doing that, and they. You mean, he
3: chose oil, not hydrogen.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right, and he that he did that in sure. a deal with the oil companies. Sure. So. Uh, well, you had the steam engine, you know, the trains. Well, in were steam trains
3: but they had to burn coal to yeah. turn the.
2: And in fact, the there were trolleys and stuff, but uh, the oil companies subsidized uh, getting rid of the trolleys, and they did possible, uh-huh. yeah. The reason we don't have L's in New York anymore, yeah. elevated trolley trains, is because the oil industry killed it. So the point is that hydrogen is a perfectly viable alternative. Right. But the problem is you got to have hydrogen stations throughout the country. You have to have every place that there's a gas station put in a hydrogen station. Not hard to do and not hard to produce the hydrogen. I don't
3: understand. I have to look into it exactly what that is. The stations themselves. It's not. It's not a water
2: uh, cooler. No, no, it's a. Uh, you pump in hydrogen. Mm-hmm. The, the hydrogen is already reduced to gas, mm-hmm. and it comes from water, and it becomes water, but it's gas when you put it in the engine. Yeah, I have to look into it. And um, the uh, and and that would have been a fine alternative. Then um, <clears throat> the former head of the CIA, a guy named um, um, Woolsey. Oh, yeah, I remember came that. in and he said, you know, why don't we use oh, electricity okay. as a halfway between hydrogen and gasoline? Right. That sounds smart. Let's, let's use, we have electricity all over the place now. Let's make motors that can run on electricity as a short term, as a carryover. Sure. And in a few years, we'll have hydrogen stations all over the place and, pipelines and everything, and then we can go to hydrogen, yeah. which blend, is the ultimate A blend, like choice. a labadoodle, a blend. And, uh, and everybody said, yeah, and we produced electric cars, mm-hmm. and Detroit began to market them, and they achieved some popularity, and they became the opposite of the gasoline-powered cars. But, uh, but it's hydrogen is still the answer, not electricity, uh, because electricity uses up as much as it saves. In producing it, now, we're working on shifting our electric power generation from coal to renewable sources. But until we can do that, we're using natural gas. Natural gas produces about half the carbon emissions of coal. Right. So it itself is a halfway house uh, on route to being fully renewable. But But bear in mind, only 20% of our electric power only 25% comes from renewable sources. Mm-hmm. And the main renewable sources are waterfalls and nuclear energy, right. both of which have existed for a long time. So we're far away from having clean electrical energy. So we can't have clean electric motors because they're made of something that's dirty. Well, my
3: thought behind this also is these hot summer days, they tell you don't use the air conditioning so much because yeah. the grid can't handle it. Right. What, how are they going to handle... Yeah. This with the cars they're, plugging they're, them in,
2: they're not. They're not. you can have, as in California, they're not. You right. can have brownouts normally. Right. You'll have to swelter away with, you know, 75 degree thermostats. So
3: logistically, this, this isn't going to work at least right now. No, no way. No, it's, it's not. Right.
2: And it, the only reason it jumped the gun politically is that the state legislature in California went kind of crazy because it's so liberal and so environmental. And they decide to fast-forward the agenda and force-speed it right. by telling everybody we got to go to electric cars before there were electric cars.
3: Right. They now, didn't know anything about it. Just now that, that there are electric
2: cars and people see how expensive they are, much more expensive than gasoline engine, very limited charging capacity, a range of like 200 miles before you have to recharge, 12 hours to recharge.
3: 12 hours to 24 hours. Remember we were yeah. asked the, the Uber guy – Sometimes 24 hours yeah. to 12 hours, and only at those Tesla places are yep. they like 40 minutes for a half a charge or yeah, whatever.
2: That's like ridiculous. That. So so it's horrible, and and this is where we're being forced. So Trump is making a big issue out of this. He's pro-choice for cars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and it's uh, – and, and it's, I think, got you know, my vote. I think it will have a big impact. I think it also will affect – those people who are uh, opposed to being told that they can't have certain other appliances like right. coal, like wood-burning stoves right. or like gas stoves or uh, all kinds of stuff that we're being restricted from uh, and have to have certain kind of refrigerators and certain kind of appliances. And I think we're all rebelling against
3: that. As a matter of fact, I think – now you're making me think about something recently – some pizza guy, pizza guys were telling me that they're going to try to do away with the coal-fired
2: pizza yeah, ovens.
3: Is that, are, did I hear that right? And, and fireplaces
2: not, are going to be banned. I'm not,
3: and, I'm not sure if I heard that properly.
2: Right, right. I did. And uh, the big issue that How Trump is making here pizza. is car choice. And basically, it's pro-choice right. for cars. hmm
0: it's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you.
2: Yes, Hi, this I'm is Dick Morris with, with the <clears throat> Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro. Hello, Dick Sponsored Morris. by the Patriot Gold Group. And I'm very glad he accepted my invitation. We have a guest on, Michael Lawler, congressman from Duchess County, I think, correct, Mike? Rock,
8: Rockland. Rockland, sorry, Mike. But I, but I represent part of Dutchess.
2: Oh, good. I, I didn't mean to move you out of your home.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no problem.
2: <laughs> and uh, you may recall we had Mike on during the campaign, I uh-huh. think twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I supported him, and I'm delighted that he was elected. Now, Mike is one of five, one of four four Republicans from New York State who voted against Jim Jordan when he was running for speaker. The others are Anthony Esposito, Andrew Garparino, uh, Mike Lulata, and, uh, of course, Mike Lawler. So why did you not vote for Jordan?
8: Well, this is bigger than the speaker. Uh, We have a fundamental problem in our conference going back to the beginning of the year. Uh, we have had upwards of 20 people throughout the course of the year uh, that, in my opinion, have undermined the conference uh, at every turn, uh, starting with voting against McCarthy for 15 rounds in January, taking down rules throughout the course of the, the year, uh, voting down the conservative CR that would have cut spending by 8 uh, percent and enacted border security and giving given us. The ability to really uh, hammer. You're humor. referring
2: to the group around Matt Gates, right?
8: Correct. Yeah, and, and I agree with and that. And so, what what has happened as a result uh, is that you 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 have a conference that has just been shattered by it, and it's a problem. We we got elected to govern as a Republican majority, uh, and for all the talk a few weeks ago by Matt Gates and some of my colleagues about the need to pass our appropriations bills. By what they did by removing McCarthy, eight people teaming up with 208 Democrats, including AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, uh, they they upended the conference. They upended the majority. Mike, I, I don't mean to interrupt in really, you. I, I get
2: that. Uh, I but, understand, but, but then, it, it, but then we moved to understand. a point where Trump endorsed yep. Jordan, and a, yep. and most of the people who voted against Uh, uh, McCarthy or most of the caucus at that point uh, endorsed Jordan and you voted against him. And I'm I'm
8: explaining to you why. I mean, this is it's a fundamental problem. As I said to Jim Jordan multiple times in conversation, uh, this isn't an issue of who the speaker is. This is an issue of the conference's inability to govern uh, as two hundred and twenty one members because we have a handful of members that won't compromise within. And so when Kevin McCarthy got booted out, Steve Scalise won uh, the internal nomination over Jim Jordan. uh, And a handful of these folks who have been the problem children all year uh, did the same thing to Scalise that they did to McCarthy, uh, which was to say they're not going to vote for Scalise. They want their way. They want Jim Jordan. And Jim played into that. And as a result, he pissed off a handful of members um not not me but a handful that uh refused to vote for him no matter what and i and i told jim i would be there if if he had the votes if he needed my vote but he didn't have the votes and he wasn't going to get the votes as a Mike. result of all of this throughout the course of the year Mike, and and dick I mean, you can't you can't dick you cannot you you guys can can From the outside and say, "Oh, this is how it should be." I'm just telling you, you, you—he was never getting the votes, and um, as a result, let me go back to the results. Now we now we find ourselves in a situation for the third week in a row where we don't have a speaker, we can't pass legislation on the House floor, uh, and ultimately, we need somebody who's going to be able to to do the job. Okay.
2: First, I just want to say why I supported Jim Jordan. Yep. Uh, of all of the people in the Congress, the guy who who has taken the charges against Joe Biden most seriously and has been most effective in going after him and in laying the precursor for what I hope will be the impeachment of, um, of, um, of Biden is Jim Jordan. And going back 20 years, 15 years, the leader of the reform forces in the House has been Jordan. Uh, sometimes he only had ten people with him, but he was the leader who said made many of the uh, suggestions that were for, that McCarthy was forced to adopt in order to become speaker in the first place. And uh, the the, uh, the your statement on on Jordan was that you didn't vote for him because he didn't support repealing the uh, state and local tax exemption. No, that was
8: tax. that was the. That was the statement put out by the Long Islanders, not by me. Okay. Um, uh, so, but again, here's, here's the fundamental issue, Dick. Everybody in the conference agreed to the rules changes. Everybody in the conference agreed about the need to do single-subject spending bills. Everybody agreed about border security, about domestic energy policy, about going after China. There's very little disagreement on the, on, on the major issues here. But when you have people within the conference that refuse to cooperate when it comes to passing these bills, yeah, but why did you take it uh, out want, on Jordan? Want to change and want to change. But why would you uh, take it out on Jordan? It's not taking it out on Jordan. I'm t- what I'm telling you is, and what I told Jim Jordan directly, you have to bring Matt Gates and company together with all the swing district members, with those that were, you know, Scalise supporters who got twisted about what happened to Scalise, you got to bring him in a room. I asked him four times to do that look, so that we could actually hash out how we are going to govern going forward.
2: Look, Mike, I, and I'm, not talk, I'm not talking about Scalise. Uh, Scalise was next in line. We all honored his courage in uh, braving and being wounded and going back to uh, Congress. Uh, but he was not the leader of the reform forces. Jordan was. And he was not the key guy going after Biden. Jordan was. But, and you're right, saying that Dick, you voted Dick, against you're Jordan you're because he, he wouldn't yeah, bring Gates in. I voted. No, I backed it, you for Congress, not Gates.
8: I understand. But, Dick, you're missing the fundamental problem here. The majority of the majority is what governs. And if you don't have that, you don't have a majority. And this has been the, the problem all year. And so when Steve Scalise won— and you had the same people who were being a thorn to Kevin saying, Well, I'm not gonna support him. What do you do? You radicalize others. All right. And so that is that is what happened here. And so Mike,
3: who do you think is, is the guy?
8: I think I think now we have a handful of people who have stepped forward. I think Byron Donalds is a is a great up and comer in our party. Yeah. Uh I worked with I, him on financial I, services.
2: I, I like Donalds and I don't like Emmers, the other guy you're thinking of. But look he, Look, the the point is, anybody listening to this interview can conclude that you voted against Jordan because you wanted to vote against Gates. You wanted Gates to cave. You no, wanted there Dick, not to be you're, his, his you're polarization, missing, and that's why you voted Dick, against Jordan.
8: Uh, Dick, you're you're missing the 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 issue, honestly, with all due respect. You can't govern as a as a majority if you can't work together. All right, and for ten months. We've had about 20 people who refused to work with the vast majority of the conference. And now what you and others want to say is, wait, you have to respect the majority of the majority. And you can't do that if you don't have complete buy-in from everybody. Yeah, but why and did that's you take just, it out on been, John Jordan? It's not taking, it's not taking it out Jordan. on Jim Jordan. It's not. But he's Jim, the one you voted Jim against. Had, Jim had uh, a responsibility in this process. And I told him and I asked him multiple times. Get the right people in the room so we can hash this out as a conference and move forward. Here's the thing. Jim Jordan said, I'm going to do a CR. Okay. Now you had Continuing 21 resolution. members. Right. You had 21 members who voted against the CR that Kevin McCarthy put on the floor. That was an 8% spending cut. That yeah, was, yeah. was a very good bill. And enacted border security. It was a very good bill. And enacted border security. 21 members voted against yeah. it. That's why Jim Jordan should. says. I'm gonna put a, a continuing resolution on the floor that has a one percent spending cut. And <clears throat> these people kept saying, Well, we're not gonna support that and we kept asking him, Well, how are you how are you going to get the same problem children to actually govern? Yeah. Because that is the issue here. It is it I really is like, not about
2: I feel people. like I'm back in the second grade and Mrs. Plesser, my teacher, was holding me after school because Joey was misbehaving. <laughs> and talking and disrupting the class. You should have beat up Joey. And she was taking it out on me. And Mrs. Plesser was a wonderful teacher. I still call her Mrs. Plesser, first and second grade. But come on, guys. Uh, and I think right now the issue is that we have got to get moving. We've got to select a speaker. So listen up.
8: Correct. No, look, that's that's the fundamental issue, and everybody's going to have to. You talk to
1: too much, you
3: worry yeah. me to death. Talk too much, you even worry my pet.
1: You just talk, talk too much.
2: Nothing personal, but you know the whole country is sitting there looking at the Republican Party. We celebrated when you all won the majority. Many of us helped you, uh, and now you're just pissing it away, to use your phrase, because you can't find the perfect guy. And he hasn't disciplined the other members. Mike?
8: Well, yeah, I I'm here. Look, Dick, at the end of the day, um, we're not gonna have a majority if we can't hold seats like mine. And we can't hold seats like mine if we look like a bunch of assholes to the country. Yes,
2: yeah, so how about and the reason, we're, like the of
8: reason we're in this mess, all right, is because of people like Matt who blew up the majority for no reason. Look, Matt Gaetz terrible. There was is absolutely terrible. no reason he's, to do what they did.
2: He's awful. I look forward to going into his district when he runs again and campaigning against them. <laughs> he's a scourge. He absolutely screwed up the whole majority. But at some point, you have to vote for somebody. At some point, you have to vote yes. And uh, I would just appeal to you to do that because... Uh, I, the other guys you're looking at, this, I don't particularly like Emma, and I've got nothing against Hearn and all of that, But and McHenry if he's still running. But come on, the whole country is going crazy, and the important point is that you can't pass anything until you have a speaker. You can't give aid to Israel. You can't keep the government running. The whole country comes to a halt while you all try to find somebody that 212 of 221 of you like.
8: Again, this this is why you don't do something like this in the middle of a session uh, when you actually have a lot of work to do. Uh, But we're going to have to figure it out this week. We're going to have to settle on somebody, get behind them, and get back to governing, uh, because that is why we were elected. We were elected to hold this administration accountable. We were elected to take on their really bad policies from the border to spending. Uh, to the international crises that they have created.
2: And you've done Uh, a wonderful uh, job, Mike. You've been uh, true to the anti-illegal immigration. You've been a strong supporter of Israel. You've been there whenever they talk about tax uh, cuts and and holding spending down. So you are a vast improvement over your opponent. And thank God you were elected, and I hope you get reelected. But come on, learn the word yes. Okay, thanks very much, (laughs) Mike.
8: Thanks, Mike. (laughs) All right. Thanks Thank for you.
3: putting up with my friend, Dick Morris.
8: <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> We're, and listen, everybody's frustrated. We'll get there this week. Thanks, my man. Okay. All right.
0: This is The Dick Morris Show
1: on 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what
0: that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me,
1: jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. With
2: You're you. the joker to my right, by <laughs> <Yes>. the way.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thank you, Mike Lawler, for coming on. That this is great, Dick buddy. Morris and the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro. Sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group.
3: That was great, Mike. Yeah,
2: thank you. It was great. And thank you for the courage coming on. I'm sorry I played you talk too much over your interview. That
3: wasn't supposed to happen exactly no, like that, it, but it, it, was, was, it was It funny. was a uh,
2: personal message to the Republicans in Congress. But not okay. just to Mike. Yeah, not Mike's just to a good Mike. guy. Okay, so I earlier in the show I read through the wonderful and dismal numbers of Joe Biden in the swing states. Uh, and uh, but Trump is killing them, destroying them. <coughs> Trump is five ahead in Georgia, four ahead in Arizona, two ahead in Wisconsin, one ahead in Pennsylvania, four ahead in North Carolina, tied in Michigan, and only three behind in Nevada. And that's a survey by um, by a Morning Consult. That's
3: amazing,
2: Yukon, and it, it's an amazing poll. Five thousand interviews. You'll never get a poll of a larger sample for a long time, and this is absolutely incredible. It means that while we've been focusing on the stupid speaker fight we were just talking about on, on, on this horrible war in the Middle East, Trump has been racking up points because people can see, obviously, that it is impossible to continue with President Biden.
3: The, can I ask you a
2: question? Um,
3: you need to do a poll, or do you already know of this? How, how many Democrats—
2: are moving over to Trump. Twelve, twelve percent.
3: But because of what the government's doing, yeah. and I
2: don't know why. but right. the last That's what I want to know. Twelve percent of the people. Twelve percent of the people who voted for Biden in 2020 now say they're going to vote for Trump. That's a lot. That's enormous. The comparable number is only two percent. What does that translate in people, people? Only two percent of the people that voted for Trump are now supporting Biden. Wow. But twelve have switched to, uh, Trump. What does he equate to? It's about, um, mm, that's about 15 million people. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Unbelievable. Now in the course, when you dig down to the people who Biden is alienating and losing, the big one are blacks. Uh, Biden got, Trump got 12% of the black vote in 2020 And now he's getting 25% of the black vote.
3: That's unbelievable. Double.
2: That is unbelievable. In 19, uh, I'm sorry, in 2000, Bush uh, got about 6% of the black vote. Then under Obama, the Republicans sank to 3 and 4%. Then when Hillary ran, they went up to 9%. And then when Trump ran in 2020, they went up to 12%. Now they are at 25%. And there are a whole bunch of polls that have said that, not just this one. Mm. So that is incredible.
3: The writing is on the wall.
2: And what we learned four years ago uh, and two years ago in the congressional races is that the Hispanic voters leaving Biden uh, We're now up to somewhere between 35 and 40% of the Latinos voting for Trump.
3: But that's been happening
2: for a while, though, now, that's right? That's been happening since 21, right. yeah. But the big thing that is now happening, that this is about, is the other pillar of Biden's support, young people, is flaking away.
1: People try to put us to Talking about my generation. Just because we get around. Talking about my generation. do look Oh, get
3: so this is the Gen Z. I have no idea what
2: Gen X, Gen Z. Well, how Gen, the- Gen X is uh, basically lost the chance to have a name. <laughs> <laughs> you have the boomers, then you have the millennials, uh, and now you have the uh, – and then you have the – Gen Xers. Well, if you have Gen Z, what's going to next one? Gen zero? Not up to that yet. Because there's no more after Z. Well, we're not up to that yet. But Gen Z technically is 18 to 25 uh-huh. Got among it. the electorate. Got it. And behind them are the millennials who are 25 to 35 or to 40 among the voters. And that's how you break it down. But Gen Z is absolutely key to the Biden support. The Democrats were elected in 2020, to the extent they were, by the votes of Gen Z voters.
3: Wait, say that one more
2: time. To the extent that the Democrats won in 2020, mm-hmm. which the newspapers tell me they did, uh, it was largely it was Gen Z voters that did it. Now, among Gen Z voters in this big poll that was just finished by Morning Consult, mm-hmm. in Georgia, Biden has dropped from 56 percent. To 39%. Of Gen Z. Of Gen Z in Georgia. 56 is what he got in 2020. 39 is what he's getting now. In Michigan, he dropped from 61 to 46. In Pennsylvania, he dropped from 55 to 44. 59. 59 to 44. And in Arizona, he dropped from 63 to 42. Wow. So these are huge decreases, 10 20 30-point drops, and you're talking about the wholesale switch of an entire generation. Hmm. And we're not talking just about one election here. These folks are planning to get older, (laughs) and they're going to stay in the electorate for a long time. Mm. And you still have people that vote Republican because of Reagan. Um, You still have people... Yeah. You still have people who are uh, voting for Democrat because of Obama, and this... This Generation Z voters is going to be like somebody once likened it to the snake that swallowed the mouse. You see the mouse as it goes through the snake's digestive system. And here you have the Gen Z voters. They're going to show up in every single poll in every single election creating a margin for the Republicans. Interesting. As long as Trump doesn't screw it up, as long as the economy is good. And he does as well in his next term as he did in the last term. Well, he's going to do that. But boy, this is an incredible shift, a very, very important shift. And combine this with the shift in the black vote, and uh, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party are over.
0: This is The Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC.
1: It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is The Dick
0: Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle
2: with you. Welcome back to The Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Ah, uh, Tom from Florida was wondering why I'm dumping on Matt Gates so much. Hey, Tom.
7: Yeah, yeah, I enjoy the show every Sunday, guys. Look forward to it. I'm
8: an avid Trump supporter, but the one thing I was concerned with what you said and talking to that and I don't even know who the congressman was, but uh, was the fact that you said you couldn't wait to come down and campaign against uh, Matt Gates here in Florida. I feel as though gates did what trump did he did so much to expose the the rhinos that are fraudsters up there i mean just look what happened to uh jim jordan that when he stupidly asked for that secret ballot uh, as far as him running for the speaker job they they don't admit it on the floor when it comes to a vote but they get behind closed doors so the constituents don't know they they vote against them uh uh again i enjoyed the show i'm for, well, tom i
2: appreciate your comments the stuff I got against Matt Gates is that he is against everybody and everything. Uh, we proposed uh, – there was Kevin McCarthy, who I think was doing a good job as speaker. He said no. Then Matt, then, then St- Scalise, who was wounded in the shooting and was willing to step in despite his illness, and he said no. Then Jim Jordan, who is the leader of the reform efforts in Congress, and the leader in holding Biden accountable came up, and he said no. Then we proposed a continuing resolution to cut the government for spending by 1%, and he said no. He wanted more. And, you know, we don't have – we have three branches of government. We can't have a fourth, Matt Gates. I mean, you know, there's the House of Representatives and there's the Senate. Mm-hmm. And one congressman out of 435 can't – hold the rest of the government hostage. And because the Republicans have only 221 votes and 217 is enough to govern, one congressman with two or three other malcontents is enough to screw up the whole thing. Yeah, that's the problem. And this whole country has now been dumping on the Republicans because they can't get their act together because they've rejected one good choice after another. McCarthy was very good. Gates... um, um, Scalise was very good, Jordan was very good, but Gates said no, so this guy doesn't know the word yes, and I'd like to send him a vocabulary lesson that the opposite of no is yes, and occasionally he got to say that, mm-hmm. just to keep the government going. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, now we in the uh, Mideast peace accords. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Iranian the Iran sanctions deal that Congress passed when Trump lifted the sanctions, there was only one good provision that the Democrats got in there, which is that Iran was prohibited from fire, from testing uh, missiles. When they, Biden lifted... When Biden sanctions. lifted, excuse me. Sanctions. Trump Sorry. imposed them right. and Biden lifted. Right. And as a result, Biden will... As a result, Iran can no longer... Uh, fire missiles or test missiles. Now, they sunsetted that provision. They said when they passed the deal that in October of 2023, this prohibition would come off automatically because they expected Iran to behave itself by then. But Iran hasn't. It's gotten worse. And now they're taking no action to reinstate the ban on Iranian missiles. As a result, Iran can no longer be called on to abstain from activities relating to nuclear-capable ballistic missiles, Mm. including testing. Additionally, the UN Security Council will no longer be obligated to approve Iran's import and export of items that could contribute to developing a nuclear weapon delivery system or the development of rockets currently used by Iran-proxy terror organizations around the region and the world, like Hamas. Who's running the train? Right in the middle of this invasion by Hamas and these very weapons being used by Hamas, the Biden administration is sitting back and doing nothing to reinstate this clause that has been sunset. Now, what Biden ought to do and what Trump would do is to reimpose sanctions on Iran and say, as long as you guys don't accept the continuation of this ban on rockets and stop funding terrorism around the world, we are going to reimpose the Trump oil sanctions. Remember that when Trump left office, Iran had been bled down by those sanctions. So it only had $6 billion in foreign currency reserves, about the same level as Haiti. Now, with three years of their selling oil hand over fist, They're up to 70 billion in a year, right? No, total reserves. uh uh And they can fund as much as they want. Annual, Iran was producing 400,000 barrels a day, some days almost only 200,000. Now they're flooding the world with 3.1 million barrels a day. A day. And exporting all of it, all of the oil that that the world will permit.
3: That'll fund their terrorism.
2: Absolutely. And Biden is doing absolutely nothing about it. Idiot. And yet the and and he just literally is now giving them permission to go ahead with nuclear missiles. Unbelievable. Let's go to. uh, So we
3: could basically blame Biden for a lot of things that are going on. Yeah. uh, Duh.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And in Israel. And uh, well, the, the whole war US. is because of that. Right, Hamas could not have invaded without the oil money right. that Biden gave them.
3: Just like uh, Trump, when he got rid of ISIS, he basically right. blew up all the oil
2: fields that they owned That's and right. said bye bye. So the Biden message to uh, Iran is essentially. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, that's the best tune for
2: that. That's what these guys are doing. And they are flooding Iran with money by lifting the ban on the embargo on Iranian oil. And uh, they did that at the start of the Biden administration. It took a while for the reserves to pile up. It took a while for Iran to get all the money. It took a while to sell all the oil. And then in 2023, bang, they go and they invade Israel.
3: All right. I have a question for you. Democrats sit back. Just the normal guy sitting in his house or walking around the street and he sees this and he sees that what's going on with Israel and then what Biden did with the oil and all that. How do they still say, wow, this is OK. I like the Democrats. Let me vote for these guys. How has that happened? My
2: grandfather voted for him. My father voted for them. Yeah, him. but... My wife nags me to vote for them
3: <laughs> yeah, I get the wife <laughs> Th- thing. Are, I, that
2: one I get. Those are kind of encapsulated reasons. This just uh, in- indoctrinated? I yeah, mean, indoctrinated no, but it's... and historical, and they're not. They're coming away. I mean, I told you, 12% right, 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 of them right, have left. Right, that's, yeah. good. that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, Iran's economic situation can be summarized by the following song.
3: You know, we have fun with these this music and these songs, but it's not funny. No, it's you know, not. like we laugh sometimes when we play great song,
2: but it's really not yeah, good. It's not, it's not. Let's not laugh, please. So There's no having fun. Let's go to Pamela in New Jersey. Hi,
9: Pamela. Hi.
4: Um, oh, I enjoyed the song interlude with Michael Lawler. <laughs> and uh, that really got my spirits up because She's all good. week I've been hearing how Lawler and Esposito mm-hmm. have been acting childish and saying ugly names uh, below their position and the gang of eight so called a lot of them they're they're going along with Jordan mm-hmm. now uh and I know I understand what you're saying about Matt Gates, but we, we're being introduced to him, and uh, we're kind of happy with the way he stuck to his guns because we don't see that very much with he Republicans. He stuck to his
2: guns, but the guns aimed at us. Yeah. You know? Right.
4: Okay. But, you know, now you have Andy Biggs, you know, okay, let's go with Jordan, and, and, and the rest, you know, are, are going to follow in line. But what I'm seeing with the Esposito, the Garbarinos, and the group from Florida, and the one from Texas and Lawler is they're just doing this out of childish vendetta now? We're right. going to teach you a lesson. I
2: think you're and right. I, Goes back to Mrs. Plesser and uh, Joey. Oh, Mrs. Plesser. Yeah, She's still alive? <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately not. Let's go to Corey on Long Island.
3: Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Hello, Dick and Doug. How are you doing? Hey, Corey,
2: Great. doing good.
6: Um, I, want, I had a couple questions on JFK Jr., but first, you guys were talking about the electric char- car thing. Can I chime in something no, on that?
2: Uh, yeah, you were talking about RFK, I think.
6: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, RFK. But first, um, nobody seems to bring up. I heard a doctor call in one of the shows a while back and said there's no long-term studies, health studies, on the use of electric vehicles. Absolutely. Cause they, he, says you get, he says you get into a, a vehicle, the electromagnetic meter goes off the charts. He said it's like driving around sitting in a, in a, on an MRI machine all day uh, <laughs> without any protective covering. Sure. And oh my God, I don't know if people line. talk about that. Yeah. And um, that might be something you want to tell uh,
3: President yeah. Trump. As That's pretty people. good.
2: Yeah. I'm going to research that. I'm yeah. going to research that. Looks it's like that.
3: the people that live under the, the electric wires, under the you aqueduct. may have a question
2: country. about Bobby
3: Kennedy.
6: Yes. Um, I saw last week he's embracing reparations. And I'm wondering, if, is that— yeah, designed, designed to say that. take away the black support from Trump.
2: Yeah, it would be, but I didn't, I didn't see that. You're so sorry that Robert Kennedy Jr. is backing reparations?
6: Yes, I did. Last week, he said he's, he's going to be for reparations.
2: Mm. Hmm. Boy, he just dropped a couple of notches in my estimation. Mm. Look, let, let's be clear. Reparations is bribery. Mm. The only purpose of reparations, other than making your great, 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 great great grandfather eight of them happy while he 's six feet under Makes is sense is sad. that is bribery and uh sh- and the and, and that 's why the Democrats are passing it, and Gavin Newsom will support it so that he can buy enough support uh, so that he can win uh the presidency if Biden steps out. And uh, it's it's absolutely terrible. But I didn't know that about Robert. Yeah, Kennedy. we're going to look into that. Thank you for thank you for tipping once me again, off.
3: Once again, once again, Dick, with the Democrats, they look at that and they don't say, "Oh, geez, you know, what are we yep. doing here with the reparations?"
2: Let's go to uh, Joanne in Westchester. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Joanne.
9: Um. I- I love the way you work together. I love the. I'm going to say little and big only because the, the main show is yeah, but he's bigger than The us. little guy inch. <laughs> he could beat me. I could beat he him up in could, one yeah. shot, I could I, break his head. I love it. <laughs> oh, you, oh! You wouldn't dare. Yeah. No, He's too knowledgeable. I, you would. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. He's my guru. I love the way you interject. Oh, I love it. It's <laughs> <That's> great, <laughs> great for all of us. Anyway, and let's see. Okay, so real quick, um, I have to. I, you know what? I need a whole show though because I have too much to say. But I'm just going to focus on. I, I do. Could you give me a show? Yeah, you could you, get do, one. could you guys? Could you guys do a show on the good? that Trump has done in his, for the duration of his life. I know so many stories from people for, I mean, not just hearsay. I yeah. know real stories about the guy. Sure. You know, they have him as a monster, most of these people. Okay, yeah. you go, this. Okay, so what it pertains to you right now is, I'd love your opinion on this. Um, why is it that, Um, You know, you guys are so for him as I am. We see the good. Forget the garbage nonsense and this one and Stormy Day, all the nonsense stuff. And all these indictments, you know, which are, forget about it. We'll forget about that for now. But you have people, even on 77, won't mention names. I don't have to. You'll know who they are. But they hate him. And they constantly, I'll just give you one example. One guy said one day, uh well what could he what, what did he do what did Donald Trump do good for Israel except that one thing the the monumental event that he moved the uh embassy you know he did that other other than that nothing good nothing well, the good. other thing
2: he but, did for Israel is that he took Saudi Arabia and uh united Arab Emirates and the other uh the other states of the middle east that were financing the opposition to Israel other than the oil we're letting Iran sell. And he flipped them basically into allies of Israel, and uh, if the that's obscured now because the we gave Iran so much money that they're able to do the stuff that they're doing. But uh, his what he's done is incredible. You talk about New York. Look at the War Memorial skating rink.
3: Oh yeah, drive no up, one could get that thing together, and he did it in what a month. Drive <laughs> no. up
2: the West Side Highway and think of the. Of the derelict buildings that were there and the <laughs> railroad yards and everything. Right, and he used to now, paint
3: the windows to look like real windows because it was abandoned.
2: absolutely gorgeous. How yeah. much that guy's He's the amazing, yard. the guy. Well, thank you.
3: And uh, our guy says that uh, line to Joseph
2: in Connecticut is a good call. Okay, well, yeah, uh, Joseph in Connecticut, please
7: hello mr. Morris yes uh, first let me state I have a background I'm a college te- uh, chemistry professor over 40 years I went to st. John's pharmacy school in the 70s so I think I know what I'm talking about now, another problem with these uh, re- uh, uh, these electric vehicles is the ionizing radiation Now a study came out in the international there's a study International Journal of Oncology of uh, March 3rd 2017 and basically saying uh, warning against the radiation causing cancer uh, when March you're in an electric 3rd. vehicle, that was it's like being 3rd.
2: exposed. Hang on a sec. That was March okay. 3rd, 20 what? 2017,
7: 2017. What's the
2: name of the journal?
7: Humanizing Health Effects of Non-Ionizing Radiation. That's a, a non-ionizing non-ionizing okay. radiations are microwaves, which the batteries produce, and other radio frequencies. That's why you can't get uh, AM radio in these cars, because it blocks it out. So this is, uh, it was always considered that ionizing radiation causes cancer, but this study showed pretty clearly, and it was supported by the NIH also at that time, uh, that non-ionizing radiation like microwaves and radio frequencies uh, in that ra- uh, wavelength of microwaves and a little bit more, uh, TV waves, radio waves, mm-hmm. at, at a concentrated point, and those electric vehicles, it's they are like
1: uh, magnifying chart. glasses. Yeah.
3: yeah.
7: yeah for, for, for absorbing those radiation points, and you're exposed to that when you're sitting in an electric vehicle. Now, if you're there for a year, two years, I, this, this study is very pretty interesting and really damaging to uh, what uh, these vehicles can do. I'll get, I'll get uh, the study.
2: That's uh, great, Joseph, Joe. and I really appreciate your that's call. That's fantastic. And I'm going to go through it and do a segment on it. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. This is the Dick Morris Show presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: Clowns to the left of me jokers to the right. Here I
2: am stuck in the middle (laughs) with you. I'm stuck in the middle. Hi, welcome to Dick Morris show with um, my friend here is stuck in the middle (laughs) and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. There is a new player in the journalistic area that we're going to talk about now. It's called NewsGuard, N-E-W-S-G-U-A-R-D, and was set up by an ultra, ultra left winger named Stephen Drill. I followed his career for many many years. What's the last name? B R I L L. And he's uh, he's very much a uh, catalyst of the extreme left. Mm. And uh, wherever you see a left-wing cause, you'll see Steve Brill under it. He's not I don't know if he's wealthy although he may've gotten wealthy, but he's a very he digs hard. He's he's a very strong journalist but with very strong leftist credentials. And he heard all the complaints about the news media being biased, and uh, he feels that they're biased to the right. <laughs> so he helped set up an operation called um, News uh, – I'm, I'm I'm missing it, but – called Media Matters. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. I'm getting like Joe Biden. <laughs> and Not Media Never. Matters is a, a left-wing organization That monitors everything any conservative radio or talk show host says. And if you say anything wrong, they jump all over you. They contact your your employer. They contact the station. (laughs) Your grandmother. They they write the FCC. They complain to your grandmother. It's like Facebook. And they don't disclose the fact that they're partners with Big Tech, Big Pharma, the National Teachers Union, and they're funded in part by a $750,000 grant from the Department of Defense. Wow. God knows how they figure that one out. Mm. When they when COVID was raging in the beginning, they rated discussions on the media of COVID coming from a lab in China as disinformation.
3: Oh, that's them? That's them. Uh-huh. And
2: they uh, and they they told people to tune off those stations and not listen to those hosts. Oh, of course. They discredit it as, as misinformation, mm-hmm. disinformation, which I think is worse than misinformation. And they are this, this raging left-wing group that is all over conservative media now. And whenever you say anything that they don't agree with, they are all over you. Wow.
1: Tell me lies, tell me sweet little.
3: What, are in a contest with Facebook to see who could do more? Well, they're worse than Facebook
2: because Facebook stops you from speaking on Facebook. Right. Uh, and, and can <laughs> knock you off. Uh, NewsGuard goes into all media and... And, and attacks you when ah. you tell the truth. Yeah. So so they essentially are, are a self-appointed police force. Fascism? Well, they're entitled to their opinion, but yeah. A self-appointed police force that goes after anybody that is, is talking about a conservative point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're, they're disgraceful. They're terrible. And nobody knows about it. They're brand new. This is their first year. It's called NewsGuard. Yeah, be so be on right. your guard against news guard. They're entitled to their ridiculous opinion. Yeah. Let's go to Robert Nyankas. He's got something interesting to say.
7: Hi. Good afternoon, guys. Yeah. Uh, what I want to know is what's to stop this administration with all of the chaos they're creating in the world and in this country uh, with the possibility of getting, of getting fully involved in a war? from doing what Franklin Roosevelt did in his administration and actually putting off an election?
1: Well,
2: first, Roosevelt never put off an election. Uh, In Britain, they put off an election until after the war was over. Uh, But in the United States, we went right ahead and had an election in 1940 and another election in 1944, right in the middle of the election, right after Mm D-Day. And Franklin Roosevelt was elected heavily in both elections, uh, with strong majorities of the popular vote, so it's never he, happened. He, he,
7: he was three. He was uh, went for three terms, right?
2: Well, he was elected to a fourth term, but he died uh, a, about after, two months after right? he was elected. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, yeah, and Truman governed after that. But okay, um, but there is that uh, you, we have to be alive to that danger. It's always conceivable. I don't think Biden. Can cancel the election. I don't think that it's constitutional. I don't think the courts will let him. I don't think the Democrats will let him do that because uh, his popularity has sunk so low. But it's always possible. It's something we need to keep an eye on. Let me go to Mimi in New Hyde Park. Minnie, I'm sorry.
4: Hi. How are you? I'm
2: good. Hi, um,
1: Mimi.
5: I'm talking about the Democrats uh, speaking about Jim Jordan and the... Uh, the idea of getting um, emails that have had death threats, especially by Granger. She changed her vote for Jim Jordan. I have a whole list and also um, I don't have Gates. He voted for Scalise, he voted for Jim Jordan. So I admire him. I know you don't like that statement, but I admire him very much. And he said, okay, to, to uh, he was getting uh, straight votes, seven bills, I think, and the, the CR. I don't think Jim Jordan offered a CR. Yeah, he did. They, a, he was voting.
2: with a 1% cut in spending. But I'm unaware that uh, what you said, that Gates voted for Jordan. Um, I don't think he did, but I don't know that. So maybe I'm wrong. I'll check that out, Minnie. And thank you for going. That's my attention. Let's go to Mike in St. James.
6: Hello, Dick. Uh, Dick, the uh, prisoner swap about three weeks ago between Iran and U.S., where uh, supposedly $6 billion was released in the banks to Iran, did they ever get the money?
2: Well, n- not yet. Uh, the money went to Qatar, which is basically a pro-Iranian satellite in the Persian Gulf. And Qatar holds the money and has claimed that it has not released it to Iran yet. Um, That's the claim. We don't know. That's not a very transparent government. It's not a very safe place to leave the money. But um, the answer to your question is who knows whether it's been delivered or not. The idea of trading $6 billion for hostages is insane. Each every human being in the world could be a hostage. Right. You just go around with a gun and you round up a few of them to make some money. And you put them on television. And you say we're going to kill them if you don't give us a billion dollars per prisoner. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's the it's the biggest racket in the world, right. and uh, mm. Iran is doing it, and the U.S. is falling for it. There's only one way to stop that, and that's what Ronald Reagan did. He said, "No, I won't do it. I will not free." Mm. He will not pay bribes to free these hostages, and uh, and ultimately that worked. Uh, it stopped the hostages from being taken. Well, he had but, strength, Ronald Reagan, particularly on airplanes. Remember, they used to yep. hijack planes mm-hmm. every couple of every couple of weeks, and they would always hijack the plane. They would say we're well, going to kill everybody on board unless you pay yeah. us a certain amount of money, and they
3: stick their heads out the window of the, the
2: of the cockpit. And Reagan stopped that, and it went away. And we just need the same kind of forcefulness from the current president. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Let's go to Lisa in Nutley, New Jersey.
5: Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Um, Question for you. Um, Well, Julian made a comment, and I have no problem calling Anthony Weiner out. You you experienced what he was saying a few weeks ago with his comments, Um, that he states them as if they're fact, which is a joke. But in the meantime— uh, the EV vehicles, we have these windmill farms that Governor Murphy wants to put off the coast of, of New Jersey, which is just killing whales. They're just yep. as evil Absolutely. as the, e, you know, the EV cars. Yep. And he will. he's proceeding forward with this, and he does not care about what the New Jersey residents say, the animals that are dying, or the mammals that are dying. Even and
2: eagles. They, yeah, well, the eagles have the wind turbines. As their problem, and uh, and the whales do too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it incredible a frequency when, or, or something? Well, like I that? think the whales are attracted by it. Or so something. frequency yeah. or something. It's yeah. Something to do with their mating ritual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're boy. They're seeking, they're seeking, right, don't a woman make fun and they don't make a, fun. Yeah, they get a, a, a windmill. No, but you're <laughs> right, Lisa. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's insane how the environmentalists and the left just completely ignore everything. It's for their one priority, I just saw an example of that the other day. Um, there was a big headline in the New York Times that said that that organic organic fertilizer is is causing starvation throughout the world. And apparently, the deal is that the the environmentalists are saying we have to have organic fertilizer to feed our hogs. We can't use just regular fertilizer. And the fact that what, we, what,
3: what, what's the difference? Organic, isn't it organic? I don't, I don't know
2: the difference. Yeah. I don't know enough about... about uh, crapola? <laughs> yeah, that's subject to explore it uh, but, but Oh, yes, you do. But here, they're, <laughs> here they're, they're, the environmentalists are saying, because you're not using organic right. fertilizer, uh-huh. you can't use regular fertilizer because it's not good enough for hogs. And the result is a big drop in hog production, and a big drop in food supplies in the third world. Uh, This reminds me of the controversy about DDT that we had years ago. Right. When we were spraying DDT to to deal with uh, the insect problem. Right, and crops, and
3: and crops, right. Yeah,
2: and uh, and they decided that DDT was bad for the birds and, and wildlife. Oh, yeah, right. And they banned DDT. And af- ten years after they banned it, they find this huge spike in malaria and tuberculosis in third world countries. Diseases that had been extinct were coming back because the DDT was killing all the mosquitoes, wow. and you couldn't, uh, and, you, you, and it was destroying the environment. So, this is this is just the same damn thing. You take one thing and you make it a top priority. And overshadows everything else, and you completely throw the ecology out of kilter, uh, all that because it's fashionable.
3: Right, exactly. It's fashionable.
2: Yeah. So um, this was this is a big week for me. This is great. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, my new book is coming out. It's entitled uh, "Corrupt: The C- Hidden Story of Biden's Dirty Money," and it talks about all the money he got from China and Iran, and from uh, Kazakhstan, and from Costa Rica, and from a host of other countries in the world. And included in this is information that was broken on the, on, uh, by Greg Kelly uh, the other day. I love that guy. Where he showed that there was a $200,000 $200, check written by James Biden to Joe Biden, personal money. And in the book, I reveal the backstory of that. James had fallen into tax debt and owed 600000 in a federal tax lien. So Joe Biden went around saying that the overseas investment private investment corporation, an agency of the federal government, should give a loan to a guy named Hyansky, who was a Delaware car dealer. And they got the loan, and Hyansky turned around and wrote, a a half-a-million-dollar check to James Biden. He used to pay off his tax loan, his tax lien, and he kept the money. And uh, the check that Kelly unearthed was listed as loan repayment, $200,000, presumably to pay back the money for the uh, tax lien Mm. that Biden took care of for him, that Joe took care of for him. Check out that book. So get my book. Uh, It's called Corrupt. The hidden story of Biden's dirty. And I
3: I want to thank all the people that are praying for my friend Jack O'Malley. All right, Spike. God bless you. God bless you and your sisters that are taking care of you.